0: boom we're recording
1: great hi hi
0: welcome to another rev 12 podcast we're talking today about the month of april and this month's challenge is
1: supercharge your sustainability or
0: something like that supercharge your sustainability (laughs) or something like that
1: (laughs) snappy title
0: okay (laughs) okay So, um, do you want to give a brief overview of what what we mean by supercharge your sustainability? It's a. It's worth saying maybe that the, these F12 challenges that we've set up go in a cycle of um, fasting and feasting, mm-hmm. which which generally um, we've interpreted as taking something up or giving something up. And uh, this is a giving something up month, but it's probably mm. the loosest. Um, Yeah, idea of giving something up so what are we thinking about when we say supercharge sustainability
1: well you're absolutely right I think it is quite open to interpretation but I guess at the very kind of simplest levels like giving up single-use plastic or giving up something (laughs) that would make your lives better for the planet
0: yeah so we've made a few suggestions on the website like looking at um travel and transport, so yeah. car journeys and whether you could um, substitute some of your car journeys for active travel or public transport um, single use plastics is an, is a kind of easy in terms of, it's quite definable and neat Like um, disposable coffee cups are a classic um, if that's something you still do you could look at cutting that out um, food and packaging we're going to come back to that I think um, yeah. but thinking about Um, disposable plastics Um, and probably a whole bunch of other stuff and like all of our monthly challenges we say um, define, share, do it's like a little mantra Like one of the ways to build these habits and to help you stick with them is to get specific about it Rev12 is really a framework of ideas Mm -hmm. and we're making a broad suggestion within a topic area and then yeah. it's up to an individual to interpret that and turn it into a set of specific rules that work for them. Yeah. Then once you've decided what those are, tell some people about it, your friends or family. That helps you be more accountable and means you're more likely to stick to your habit or your goals. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then do it and get on with it. So um, however you interpret being more sustainable, mm. um, get specific, write it down, tell someone about it. And then, and then have a go.
1: Yeah, and I think this month's kind of interesting because it it stretches. For me, it can be something which is quite tangible and small, and in some ways it's quite containing to think about those small changes, like giving up single-use coffee cups or something like that. But also it can be huge and massive and has the potential to have big implications for your life.
0: Yeah, well, before we started this recording, we were talking about what we were going to talk about, talking about talking, <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> and um, we were saying that part, part of what is, to my mind, good about the Rev 12 model, which we have developed, is that um, it takes big stuff, you know, like yeah. big... We're trying to think about big changes individually that can have a big change on society, and it breaks it down into small, bite-sized chunks. Um, that If you come back to them year after year, o- over the course of doing some or all of the Rev 12 challenges over a few mm-hmm. years... You can suddenly have made these really significant life changes um but on an individual month by month basis it's they can be really achievable and they can yeah. seem maybe almost insignificant you know very very small habit shifts, and nudges in your behavior which can lead to not just a more a tangible measurable change over yeah. the course of years but part of what will nudge your overall attitude to something so you might end up doing things differently or behaving differently yeah not as a direct response to a rev 12 challenge but as a consequence of having done some rev 12 challenges which have just shifted the way you think about things a little bit so this is one of those months where quite evidently you're not going to be able to solve climate change by (laughs) giving up coffee cups for a month but um it can be part of a Bigger mental shift yeah. in how you think and act in a positive way with um, the climate and sustainability in mind.
1: Oh, I'm glad you said that because I guess I was sat here feeling a little bit like, oh, I've just mentioned single-use plastic or coffee cups. But, but hold all, on, it's the climate catastrophe. It's all, it's all pointless. <laughs> We're all going to die. What, it doesn't, what's the, <laughs> the
0: point of it? I mean that.
1: And that's hard to rec- so how do we reconcile like our individual actions and making very small sometimes what feel like meaningless changes when we are facing climate catastrophe.
0: Well, you and I talk about this sort of outside of Rev 12 in our normal life a reasonable amount. Um, It's on our minds. We've got kids, I think, that probably frames a little bit of how we think about the Mm -hmm. future. And um, it is difficult to to line up individual actions which have very, very small... Mm. real impact on the planet with the scale of the problem. Yeah. Um, and I th- for me, it's easy to slip into a kind of nihilistic, well, sure. well, if the government isn't going to make any positive actions and if wider society isn't yeah. doing the things it needs to do, then what's the point in me putting in effort to change as an individual? Yeah. I clearly can't make a difference here. And but ah. that's an easy mindset to slip into but i think the way that we look at it is that that's not what it's about we we're making we're trying to make these positive changes because they're right they're the right thing to do on lots of levels mm-hmm. and probably the most tangible is um, slowing us down like it's better yeah. for our well-being in an overall overarching sense if if it has a smaller carbon impact on the planet or produces less waste, then that's a great, nice side effect to yeah. have. But it's actually not the main driving no. motivation, I would say.
1: No, and it's also making me think, uh, for us, we've been taking different actions, I guess, over the last few years or, or longer to align our actions more with our values. So there's something about, I've got these values, so actually if I act in a nihilistic, yeah. kind of individualistic way... That's actually not that good for my well-being or mental health. No,
0: it can be very jarring um, psychologically yeah. to live one way and think another. And even if you don't fully understand or subscribe to some of the comp- complex implications mm-hmm. of climate—let's call it climate catastrophe mm. rather than climate change or climate breakdown—you know, we, I think it's I think it's reasonable to think that most people are understand that as a real issue. Mm. Um, it's easy to uh yeah to to have this sort of mm-hmm. dissonance and and um perhaps in the short term you can kind of live with that cognitive dissonance between the seriousness of the problem versus the misalignment of your individual actions because in the short term it's more comfortable and and easier to to mm-hmm. act with within your sort of limited capacity of well-being yeah but but there's always that underlying jarring. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's also fair to say that that cognitive dissonance is made greater because of the lack of um, systemic governmental actions as well. So I want, I just yep. want to put that out there as a kind of compassionate view for us as individuals. That it's quite hard when you know the the powers that be continue to uh, take actions which damage and hurt our planet and aren't kind of banning certain things like it's up to us as individuals to stop using
0: yeah it's frustrating to see that the impetus seems to be falling on individuals rather than like legislative change for example Um, and i think compassion is important you know we've gone in at the Mm. deep end here in in this conversation (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, but that's important that this month is is really tackling uh, or addressing a big thing but um yeah compassion and and not taking things too seriously i don't know it's not about not taking things seriously it's about um acting with compassion understanding your limits setting yeah. you know within the context of rev 12 we are not trying to fix climate change within this month or within the wider thing we are trying to help you align um your actions with your beliefs and to make a small but tangible positive change on the world and that can that can do mm. great things. I think um, we debated whether we would talk about this before we started this recording, but we've recently um, sold our family car and n- now don't own a car. Um, nothing to do with Rev12 directly, um, but, um, but possibly a consequence of having lived and explored these ideas through mm. Rev12 for several years. And I guess I'm saying that just to illustrate the idea that S- small changes mm. and sort of gentle adjusting of your attitude yeah. and your thoughts about things, and it, and interrogating your thoughts and actions as well. Like having the the time and the energy to say, "Why am I doing this? And how could I do it differently?" Yeah, yeah. If you can, if you can carve that space in your life to to you know give that sort of introspection mm. to your actions, um, it can lead to bigger
1: yeah
0: changes. Um.
1: Well, and um, we are, what, a month in?
0: To so not owning a car? Yeah. Yep.
1: How's that going?
0: Um, well, it's all right because I don't like driving or going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it suits me down to the ground. Uh, I imagine there are some times when it's going to be a huge inconvenience. But we've, yeah. again, we've done that because it we want to slow down as a family. Yeah. We. Uh, yeah, we just feel like it changes our attitude to how and when we move around. And another slight side, yeah, side side sure. topic and I realise we've been rambling for ten minutes already, so we should probably pull this back from big, terrifying stuff to practical, measurable things that we might do this month. But in the context of Rev twelve.
1: Thanks. <laughs> What are we going to do this month, Stuart?
0: Well, we also talked about this before we started talking, and uh, actually
1: did some preparation for this. Podcast. Not really. <laughs>
0: um, and um, well, there's two things. Mm. One, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is um, c- consumerism generally, and like how mm. much we consume as a society, and wanting to have less stuff. Part of giving up our car was yeah. a slightly rash response at the beginning of the year to feeling frustrated about how much stuff we own and how mm. kind of. I got a sense of being crushed by mm-hmm. possessions, not yeah, physically, yeah. Um, and um, went through a small spate of getting rid of things that we owned, which culminated in our <laughs> getting rid of our car in a slightly rash way. And um, I think we we have sort of agreed, and it makes sense to pop it within this month of April yeah. as a challenge to slow down before we buy anything. And we're pretty good at buying things secondhand, and um, when we can. I would say, yeah, and probably not buying too much frivolous stuff.
1: Yeah,
0: but we could probably do better. So I think we've made an agreement that we're going to check in with each other and, before we and, buy and, anything, and new. maybe keep a list of things that we want to buy.
1: Mm.
0: You know, just stop. Like it, it's so easy to jump mm. online and go to uh, the South American River um, <laughs> store and buy whatever you need and have it turn up the next day, and um, I think we could benefit as individuals from just pausing and saying, well, A, do we really need this thing? B, could we use something else instead that we already own? Perhaps C, could we buy it it? secondhand or pre-loved? Or or D, uh, could we make it ourselves? Could we live in it? And and lastly, if we really do have to buy it, where do we get it from? Who's made it? And try and slow that process right down if we can.
1: And I think so many of these things fit into that idea of convenience. We, yeah. We've all grown to lead much more convenient lives. Even the idea of getting in a car right on our driveway and being able to drive right to the door of wherever we're going, like that is the most convenient option. Mm-hmm. So I think some of these decisions that we're making is making our lives less convenient. Or, But but I think what you've talked about is this idea of of slowing down, of kind of... I don't want to say going backwards, but but living a slightly simpler um, and more thoughtful life. Well,
0: I think it all feeds into each other as an idea. Mm. S- slowing down, you know, it's about priorities, isn't it? Mm. It's perceived convenience. It, yeah. You know, it, it might take, I don't know, half an hour longer. We're f- privileged to be able to think about giving up our car. It's not an option for everyone, but... We live in a town. It's not super convenient to live without a car, but there are options. You know, there's not great public transport, but we are mm. physically able to cycle and walk places. And there's a car share club mm. that we've joined. Um, and so it might take a bit longer, but um, you know the extra time that it costs us is, you know, it's really measurable. It's half an hour or something. And mm. I, I don't know, like, just spend half an hour less time on social media. It's easy to say these sure, things, sure. and it's a bit of a I don't know, a bit of a nonsense in yeah. some ways. But it all feeds into itself is what I'm getting at. And I think um, slowing down everything yeah. is is a positive. Um, if you watch less TV, if you consume less social media, if you make more time for exercise and mental health, if, you, they're all going to allow you to live in this slightly more mindful mm-hmm. and, and slower way. So... Um, We're going to stop and slow down before we buy anything. And we're not going to go as far as saying don't buy anything for a month. In fact, I think there is even a separate challenge for not buying stuff later (laughs) in the year. Uh, But it's about spending some time Um. thinking about what we're buying and whether we really need it. And then the second thing that we're going to look at which we talked about earlier, yep. is around food. We've done a bit of this already in our lives, mm. partly through Rev12, partly nothing to do with ref 12 and thinking about what we consume, where it comes from, and how it is packaged. So we tend to buy most of our fruit and veg from a local greengrocer's um, that is not particularly expensive, I don't think, compared no. to supermarket, no. fruit and veg, um, and is generally not packaged, so we're kind of lucky that we've got something close by that works for us. But we also do a supermarket shop, which we have delivered every couple of weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm not particularly mindful when I no. click through that process. It's a chore to yeah. get out, get finished and out of the way, rather than a, a, a process. So I think we are gonna try and...
1: Bring a bit more awareness to what we're buying, where it comes from, Yeah what's in it and how it's packaged but even when I go to the greengrocers you know I generally buy what I want and yeah. what I would like rather than necessarily
0: no the challenges <laughs> with food and drink is that it's a complex minefield of stuff to understand yeah. so Rev 12 and us ours- look at some stuff to do with food at different points of the year yeah. for example veganism and vegetarianism which is mostly from a sustainability angle so we're not necessarily going to talk about that no. this month but um you know we buy plant milk in cartons and i've done th- thinking and number <laughs> crunch on that in the past but maybe we need to review that um yeah like seasonality of fruit and veg we're in what's called the hunger gap at the moment in in Mm -hmm. fruit and veg terms there is not much that is grown locally without Mm -hmm. the aid of heated polytunnels in the, the UK at this time of year so thinking you know I'm not going to go into tons of detail now but (laughs) but for example if i could you know tomatoes if you're buying uk tomatoes at this time of year that is almost certainly worse than buying spanish tomatoes at this time of year because spanish tomatoes have been grown outside um and then the shipping process of getting them over to here from spain is less carbon intensive than the heating of the polytunnels to grow them in the uk i might not have the specifics of that exactly right but You know, what I'm saying is you could spend a phenomenal amount of time going into this rabbit hole of trying to figure out what is good, quote-unquote, good or bad, Mm -hmm. um, and it could drive you mad. But I think making small little changes and trying to spend some time and just say, let's commit a bit of time when we're buying food to trying to think and answer some of those questions now. Um,
1: I think we talked a bit before about privilege as well Mm -hmm. there's something that's important to acknowledge that we both have the I guess financial capacity time capacity Mm -hmm. and mental capacity to be able to approach some of this stuff and recognizing that as a privilege that we have it
0: absolutely is um and recognizing that privilege for me is the first step to feeling a sense of responsibility towards it and that actually because I have the time and the financial means and the capacity, it's irresponsible of me not to use that time and capacity to inspect it. Mm. So there is no judgment or criticism of individuals and, and whether they have the ability to uh, and the privilege to be able to do this. You know, yeah. Some people just need to buy the cheapest food that they can get hold of to, to sustain themselves. So that's yeah. a reality, sadly, for a lot of people in this country and around the world. But we have we have this opportunity to think about things and to not do that, I think is um, feels irresponsible for me mm. as an individual. So, yeah, I want to make time for it and yeah. uh, hopefully learn and make some changes that will sustain beyond this month, like all of the Rev 12 things we do containing it within a month makes it a thing that you can approach without this fear of a huge lifestyle change. But in a lot of cases, you learn something or build a Mm -hmm. habit which sustains possibly for the rest of your life. And I think with eating and drinking, that is certainly the case. It's kind of easier to think, well, I'm just going to stop buying that thing and substitute it with this other thing. Yeah, And um, that can make a a difference in the longer run. Okay, is there anything else you want to say to wrap up about... um, supercharging sustainability it is a tricky one it's a weird and tricky month and um you know not loads of people are listening to this podcast right now if you're listening to it there's a good chance you know us personally (laughs) but um we'd love to hear about how other people Mm -hmm. are are interpreting and taking on these challenges it's um yeah, this one in particular, it's very open to interpretation and I'm mm-hmm. sure lots of people will think about it and interpret it very differently. So it would be great for us to know yeah, what you're doing and, and how that's going.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's much more... To say,
0: all right. Well, if you're going to take on supercharging your sustainability, um, <laughs> like a better title for this one. Yeah, it's alliterative, I like it. Um, if you're going to do something Rev12 related, good luck. I hope it goes well and is useful for you. We'll do another one of these next month for um May, whatever that is, <laughs> and um, and hopefully I'll speak to you again soon. Okay, all right, goodbye. bye <clears throat>